0: jerome i'm very fortunate to have you in my life and to have you on this podcast simply because i think that you add a lot of value to the people you come in contact with and you're a renaissance man you're a guy who's who's tried it all who's done it all who's failed at a lot but succeeded at a lot more i want to give the travelers who are listening just an idea of who is jerome lee john what are the building blocks that have made you the man that you are today what is your chemical compound What makes you feel like you're walking in faith and you're walking in your direction?
1: I always. Oh, great question. Love it. But I I tend to always believe that I etched something on my heart a long time ago. It was that if I strive for more than I can accomplish, I would have been doing an amazing job. What that really means is the fact that if you're constantly striving for something or to do multiple things, you are inevitably going to accomplish those things. My chemical makeup and the thing that really pushes me forward is ultimately I find, I find myself always trying to stretch my limits and my boundaries. I always try to find myself putting myself in uncomfortable situations. I am always faced with the idea of the unknown and the idea of fear because I have to constantly beat down those doors. I get used to the emotion. I'm aware of the dangers. I'm aware of what happens if it doesn't work. But if I try it and I lose and I haven't lost anything, I was in the same situation that I was before. If I try it and I accomplish it or I get it, then I've gained everything. I've leveled up. I've gone to the next stage of my life. And and more importantly, because I'm so adventurous, because I'm willing to do so many things, or because I'm such a daredevil in many facets of my life, I have the ability to not only accomplish those things and fail. I do have failures, but also I can share my stories with other people so they won't have the same tough time that I had. A lot of people
0: feel intimidated that because they haven't done that, that their life doesn't feel like it's book worthy or they don't feel like they have a story that's, that's going to be picked up or enjoyed by other people if it was made into a book. And I want you to help me dispel some of that. For those people who are listening, they may feel as though, man, my life isn't book worthy or it's not as interesting. What do you have to say to that?
1: That is a real fear. I went through that fear. I understand that emotion completely. I went through the idea that my story wasn't good enough. We live in a world where connectivity is easy. Access is easy. So whenever you listen to people's documentaries and you hear uh, their success stories, you hear about Taraji P. Henson. She went to LA with only six to $700 in her pocket. You hear about Um, The Rock and how he had a dollar and 50 cent in his account. And he said that he'll never be broke again. Right. You hear about Tyler Perry, how, oh, man, he um, he was homeless, sleeping in cardboard boxes. You know, the stories go on and on. You hear about Michael Jordan. He didn't make his college team the first time he tried out. The truth is, your story doesn't have to be so dramatic.
0: Hmm, that's that's the misconception. We think it has to
1: be some rags to rich story. It, it doesn't have to be dramatic. No, this is <laughs> the funny part is I don't think anybody in the world wakes up and signs up for discomfort. Like, I I just I just don't wake up and say, hey, I'm going to sign up for discomfort today. I'm going to sign up for this cardboard box.
0: Right. Right. People feel like they need the cardboard box.
1: Right. People feel like they need the cardboard box. And I'm like, "Nah, you don't need that cardboard box. You can actually go get you a nine to five job and realistically eat after you get off work, handle your adult life and then start working on your extracurricular goals or activities.
0: So if they don't have a rags to riches stories, what should they talk about? Right. Like if they don't have this, I started from the bottom. Now I'm here. um, Unicorn in the in the making kind of thing. Um, And they they do feel like their their life is just kind of run of the mill. Um, Is it that every single person on the planet has a unique story? You just kind of have to figure out what is that unique
1: story? I think that so that there's two parts to that question. Right. That I want to highlight the first thing is the most important thing is that right do or write whatever it is you're passionate about Mm -hmm. what do you like i enjoy inspiring people i enjoy giving people tough love because i believe that's the best kind of love right And and it's not always digestible by everybody right My type of love can only be digested by, I believe, a specific group of people or a certain group of people. But write whatever you're passionate about, because that's going to be the driving point. Right. People loved my book because they loved me. They loved who I am. They loved my transparency and they were genuinely interested in my story. Right. Right. You might have to write a book that might be about of 12 steps to turning on a computer, right? It, it could. You might be interested in technology. You might be interested in basket weaving, right? Your life, your book doesn't have to encompass the idea that your life is something that should be told, right? So, and then to that other point that you made about the idea about having, not having a rags to riches story. You don't need to have a rags to riches story. You don't need to be, um, in the cardboard box, in the cardboard box. It can simply be, I grew up in a very privileged life, but these are the lessons that I learned with my privileged life. So there are always pros and cons to now,
0: ain't that a story? You would be like, "Yo, let me tell y'all the struggles of being rich."
1: <laughs> right. Let me tell you the struggles of being rich. You know what I'm saying? Like that would be a very interesting story to hear. I mean, I would, you don't hear I would, it, I right? it. I would read. It. I would actually read. Like, you know, what I'm like one day, fun fact. This this young lady, um, I was talking to her, and she said one of the toughest times that she had in her life. Was that her mom that her mom and her had to go through the driveway of Chick-fil-A. Man, so, is, for,
0: is, I mean, that's heavy, though,
1: that, you know, what I'm saying? so for us, we like, man, I'm about to get this dollar menu off from McDonald's and get this double cheeseburger. And all I need is a dollar and seven cents. Her struggle was Chick-fil-A. With our situations, we pull
0: up to Wendy's with only three dollars asking if they got a three for three. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Right. Right. In her struggle is Chick-fil-A. But guess what, though? Guess what? Guess what the craziest part about that is? What's the craziest part? The best part about that struggle or any struggle is one thing that I highlighted in my book was that the stories are unique, but the emotions are still the same.
0: Let's get into the book. Let's get into the book, because I think that your story is so powerful. I wrote a whole lot of notes on the things that I really enjoyed. But first, for uh, the travelers who are listening, um, who is your book for? Like who 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 would gain a lot from just reading this book and checking it out? Who is the book
1: for? I feel like the the person that would gain the most from reading my book is young adults. Okay that are not aware of their situation or that are not aware of where they are in life and they might be feeling a little stagnant or they might be feeling like they're they're wading through the unknown right
0: but young adults meaning somewhere between like 17 to 25 that age range right
1: 17 to early 30s mid 30s okay right um and and i covered a broad spectrum but Specifically, my book is also uh readable to any um adult, any older person or any any high school student, right? Yeah. So, but the I believe that the people that are going to get or the group of people that are going to get the most out of it are young adults from 17 to about 25 or 30.
0: So one thing that stands out to me was the cover of the book. I think you did a really good job with making the book stand out. Why is it important for you to put so much energy
1: into the cover of the book? Yes, believe it or not, my, my first cover was something that looked like a struggle meal. But <laughs> my first cover was terrible in comparison to what it is now. But the reason why it was so important is because the, the cover of the book is something that initially attracts the reader. It's the thing that's going to make the consumer pick it up to want to be interested, to want to say, oh, what is that over there on that shelf? It's so colorful. It's so bright. It's inviting. It has to be inviting. So that was the main reason why I designed it the way I did.
0: I don't want to spoil your book, Jerome, but I am going to go through some of the highlights of the book. I'm going to try to keep some of the biggest moments of the book still a secret because we want people who are listening to actually go out and get it. But you start off the book. We got to start off with how you start the book in chapter one. You start off the book with <laughs> a, very, a very personal and and terrifying encounter. Um, and the encounter actually happened with your dad. It was a conversation that you had with your dad that from that conversation, like completely shifted everything in your life. Um, I'll let you go into as much details as you want about it but why was it important for you for the people who have already read the book why was it important for you to
1: start off with that story it was ooh, so give a little backstory and not even backstory first that's actually the the that story was actually the the defining moment in my life where something had to change I think that story was the thing that changed my trajectory in life. And the name of the story the name of the chapter for the listeners or for the audience is called No Gray. And the reason why I called it No Gray is because in most situations in life I'm going to say most because it's 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 very rare that it's not. There you have to make decisions. Whether that might be picking the type of clothes that you wear, what type of shoes are you going to put on that day? What type of jeans? Whether you're going to pay this bill or that bill, whether you're going to go to this school or that school. You, there's there's choices in life. And specific to this chapter, my I, I was acting bad in school. I wasn't doing the right things in school. I was being a very disobedient child, uh, not doing what my parents told me to do. And I got suspended from school. And so my father, my daddy, he took me to a bridge. And he pulled to the side of the road and he said. I need you to take off the seatbelt and kill yourself, jump off the bridge and kill yourself. Now, in that moment, a way to start the book. Right. So in that moment, that's the first chapter. Right. So it's just kind of like in that moment, you're like, yo, why are you telling a child that's in the fourth grade? to jump off a bridge and kill themselves. Why would anybody consciously do that, right? But I had to get the lesson at this stage in my life because otherwise it wouldn't have changed my future. It wouldn't have gotten me to where I am today. And to that point, it was either, you're either going to do right or you're not going to do right.
0: Either Mm -hmm. you're going
1: to live or either you're going to die. Right. And into that into the to I might be revealing too much about the book, but. If I was going to continue going down the path that I was headed to the place of not listening to my parents, not doing what I was supposed to do in school, being disobedient, lying, cheating, stealing, I was going to end up in jail. Right. Wow. And so if you go to jail, you either sit in jail and die or you're going to live a life that th- that the society doesn't deem to be a very uplifting or worthy life, and then you're going to die. Or you're going to live something that's positive. You're going to do right because it's the right thing to do. You're going to do the positive things because they are the, they're, they're positive things to do. You're going to be obedient to your parents. You're going to do the thing, get good grades. You're going to do the things that are necessary in in order to be a good individual in society, right? And so let's stretch that concept a little further about the idea of no gray, no gray areas, right? Because there's a lot of variables in life and life offers you and it gives you a lot of gray. But at the end of those gray areas, after you get done dispelling the confusion. After you get through all of the unknowns, either you're gonna do it or you're not, right? I you're either going
0: you're to that. that stuck with you since childhood,
1: right? You're 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 going to write the book or you're not gonna write the book. You're either gonna create that blog that you want or you're not gonna create that blog. You're you gonna know, do the, that all YouTube, the, YouTube all, the,
0: you're all the fluff. It's 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 not gonna give you anything.
1: Right. Like those gray areas are cool because those gray areas are the places where people tend to sit and rest and figure things out. The problem is people tend to be there too long and then they don't make, they don't make any decision because not making a decision is still a decision. A lot of people don't realize that even though you're in this place, that's still a decision. But at the end of the day, Either you're going to do it or you're not going to do it.
0: So I want to put I want to put a pinpoint right here because this is the purpose of the podcast. The entire show, The Thousand Miles of Melanin, the idea is for us, um, the black community, to look at those thousand miles ahead of us. Look at the things that seem so far and so out of our reach and still go for it. And so I I really want to just capture what you're saying right now and turn that into um, a really important like message for our travelers for the listeners for this show um the idea that like you're either going to do it or you're not and and if you if you're in that phase where you feel like you're talking about it and you're not acting on it you're always going to be talking about it right
1: always you always you'll always be there and then ultimately the longer you sit there it's going to inevitably be a no one thing if, that
0: One thing that I want to jump into really quickly, um, I think that I never want to use this as an excuse, but I do think it's a factor in our success, um, which is having role models and having people in our lives who we can see doing well and we can try to imitate and emulate. You talk about that in the book when you're in college, you talk about some of the people who left an impression on you, but early on, it's your mom and your dad who um, really left an impression on the type of man that you wanted to be. Um, even right. to the point where you told me your mother wrote a book, and seeing her have written the book also inspired you with the idea of write, writing a book. So my question to you is, for anybody who's in a situation where they don't feel like their immediate circle or they don't feel like the the elders in their lives are really those role models, how do they mm-hmm. get out of that? how do they get out of that pit? because I, I think you have to be surrounded somehow by somebody who inspires you, you have to.
1: So for me, what I had to do, I realized that I had my parents, I was blessed enough to have parents. And granted, my mother wrote a book. My father, he's not educated from a institution. Um, My mother only has an associate's degree, but she's lived a successful life. So one thing that my parents did was they... Saw what other other successful people was doing that were around them. And they came back and told me. Mm. So for my dad, he for my daddy, he was just like, well, I didn't get a degree. But I know that those guys that I work with, they went to go get a two year degree in engineering and associates degree. He said, son, if you do this, you can make this amount of money. That's all the information that my daddy had to give me right because he he doesn't he his environment what hadn't gone beyond that place. So I did what he said I went and got my associate's degree in mechanical engineering but then after that I said now it's time to take what I have and go a step farther. I have to trump whatever it is my parents told me and to answer your question specifically, right if your surroundings are, a bunch of negativity and crap, that means that you have to put in your headphones and listen to Les Brown. You have to put in your headphones and listen to podcasts like this. You like, have to put in your guy. headphones. <laughs> yeah. Like you you really do. You have to put in your headphones and whatever you input has to be positive. And that's how I got out of my out of my sinkholes. I had to make sure that what I was inputting inside of me counteracted my envir my environment right it had to fight it every single day it had to fight it
0: um i i i know that we're cutting it short on time so i'm gonna make sure that i get in a few more points from the book that we'll breeze through and then Uh i do want to ask you some more questions about the success of the book as well so um chapter i had put in my notes that chapter three is actually one of my favorite chapters in the book and that's the chapter where uh you talk about how your dad opens up to you and explains his past with sharecropping and how his mind was always wrapped around there has to be a better way than this like this doesn't make sense to me and he's talking to your he's talking to your um to your your family and he's like you know this doesn't necessarily make sense to me there has to be a better way um for a lot of things that we do and i thought that that was so powerful because all the the first two chapters chapter one and two you, you kind of show the tough love side of your dad. But then in chapter three, you show how vulnerable he's being with you and how he opens up and he, he genuinely just wants the best for you. And uh, you have a fantastic relationship with your dad. And so um, just kind of talking about that, I wanna not necessarily talk about father and son, but just black men to black men. Um, how important was it for you and for you to be able to accomplish your goals going back to the thousand miles? How important was it for you to have these type of healthy relationships with the black men in your life?
1: I I think that 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 old sage saying where if you don't know where you come from then you don't know where you're going. Mm. So for me, my my daddy constantly told me stories about where he came from. So because he told me where we came from. And all of the things that he had to endure, and my grandpa had to endure, I automatically knew the level of strength that was inside of me. Right? I automatically knew that I could take those same enduring characteristics and put it towards anything that I wanted to go accomplish. And if I could just outlast my situation, then I will be on the other side of difficulty. I will be on the other side of difficulty. There is something that's very easy. You know, so that I think for when it comes to black man to black man. The black male is not taught to communicate and be open. But if you can find it in your heart or find those people that you are comfortable around and just take the courage and have the audacity to say, I need help or have the audacity to just start the conversation to say, I don't know this. Be okay with saying I don't know. Be okay with walking up to start a conversation, but always come humble and be willing to be educated. Right. So I was always somebody that was. I was. I was a student. I was always a student when it came to a black black male to black male. I was always intrigued with when black men speak. I'm interested and willing to hear what they have to say because you can learn something from anybody, right? And perspective yeah. is so important because they're going to give you a renewed perspective about something that you already know or something that you never knew.
0: Wow. I mean, yeah, yeah. And and you have, I think, your entire life embodied those relationships, whether it was um, between the frat or men on the move Um, uh, just kind of everything that you've done to, to surround yourself and build healthy relationships with the black men in your life. Um, so I, I wanted to highlight that because I think that it's really important as we go after our goals to make sure that like, we keep that village strong, keep those people in our lives who care about us, male and female, keep them around us and keep us, keep, keep, um, them informing us. Like you said, how your dad kept telling you about your history. Um, I want to come to, I'm just going to jump ahead in the book uh, just because I wanted to get into some of the later chapters. Um, There were a few chapters that I really loved, but one of the ongoing lessons is that you take a lot of L's in the book, Jerome. You take
1: (laughs) I take major L's. You
0: take a lot of L's and without, (laughs) um, without spoiling the book, because I think that's actually one of the best parts of the book. I, when every when I was reading it, I was like, man, okay, he finally learned his lesson. Then the next chapter, you do it again. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, what the heck? And so, um, so let's talk about those L's because a lot of people are afraid of taking those L's, but you've taken a lot of L's and you seem to be doing all right. So, (laughs) so, so tell, talk to us
1: about that a little bit, man. Uh, I think. Albert Einstein did he say it we'll, we'll give him credit uh, we'll give him credit uh I think Albert Einstein said it but whenever he was no it was Thomas Edison it wasn't Albert Einstein Thomas Edison said it he said that uh I didn't figure out how how the light bulb came on I just figured out 99 ways that it didn't work and then I finally <laughs> figured out how to make it come on, right? <laughs> And so that one moment revolutionized how we see light, how we work every single day. He just made the light come on that one time. And so all you need to do is just make it work once. And so mm-hmm. for for me, I failed at most things in my life. I failed all the time, but there was never a time that I didn't try. Right. So the the whole idea is that you have to put forth the effort and just try. You don't have to be the best at it. No one said that you had to be the best. You just have to put forth the effort and try it. Right. And so I think that's where a lot of people run into it. They get that fear of failure in their mind, but they never even try to see if they're going to fail at all. They might actually succeed. Right. Right. And and so for me, I never wanted to be a best-selling author. I just wanted to put something out there that could impact to one life. And if a hundred people bought my book, and I only impacted one life, I just beat the entire game. I won. You won. I won. Like that's that's what that's all it ever is. It's just if you can do it once,
0: because somehow an idea in your head. An idea in your head that happened on the way to a bathroom in Japan just impacted and improved somebody's life.
1: Right. It just it just literally changed the landscape of somebody going to jail. It just changed the landscape of somebody not filling out their college application. It changed the landscape of somebody saying, oh, I I don't know about starting this YouTube channel. Right. It just it just completely changed the landscape. So that one moment, just that one, that one person, is all I wanted to impact. Right? And and I think that's and I think that's the thing that makes all of those failures worthwhile to me.
0: There's a quote that I really like that you use at the end of the book. You say, Until you spread your wings, you have no idea how far you'll fly. And I think that directly ties into the message that our podcast is trying to convey. Um, with the thousand miles of melanin, um, you really need to spread your wings. You need to understand how far you can go, no matter how intimidating it looks. Why end on that quote? Why did you feel like that summarized everything that led up to making this book?
1: Because it's, it's the idea where. Until you take your first step, you have no idea how many miles you will travel. Hmm. You know, I, I I say that because a lot of people don't ever take out give themselves the opportunity to take flight. To is it procrastination or fear? It could be a combination of both. It could be going into the unknown. If you think about the idea of an eagle, right? Yeah, that eagle has to stretch his wings and come out on that ledge and begin to flap them in order to take off. But eagles don't immediately take off. They fall for a very long time before that wind catches beneath their wings. Mm. You see what I'm saying? And so that whole idea of just stretch your wings, because if you stretch your wings, if you give the opportunity to stretch your wings, if you give your experiences the opportunity to stretch, to make up the body of your wings, To really use that strength, those characteristics that you have on the inside of you to really start to move and catch momentum. See, the wind is going to catch you. The wind is going to get beneath your wings and begin to lift you up and carry you. Don't be afraid of that fall. Don't be afraid of the fall. Don't be afraid whenever that wind hits you in your face because the wind is going to hit you at a high rate because it's trying to pick you up. Your wings are just there for the glide. Your wings are just there to carry you to the next destination. But you have to spread your wings. You have to try. You have to put forth your effort. You have to allow your past experiences to propel you to another place because all it is is just a transferable skill. You know what I'm saying? Like if you, for example, if you're if you were a cashier at McDonald's or at Walmart and then you opened your business in commerce, where you open a front end store uh, selling smoothies, you should know how to train your cashier because you've already been a cashier. Right. You should know how to train your cashier on customer service. So that past experience, that job that you hated being a cashier or bagging groceries or pushing that mop, that's only going to give you characteristics and education to propel you To another place. So whenever you become that business owner, you should show you should have the ability and the empathy to know what that person is going through. That's mopping your floor. You should have the empathy to know what that person is going through. That is actually um, being your cashier, ringing up those customers' purchases. You should have the empathy. You should be able to relate. You should be able to make their life more enjoyable, because you were once there. Right. And so from that small situation and look, now you're a business owner. Right. But it takes those experiences. It takes those qualities. It takes those 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 minute details in order to take you to that next step. And that's what stretching your wings are all about. So you can take fly. It renews your perspective as well. And that's what this podcast is about, really. Taking that first step because it's a journey of a thousand miles.
0: I love it, dude. I so love it. So let's talk about some of the success of the book, because I want to make sure before uh, before we reach that hour mark, I want to make sure that we talk about how it's 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 catching traction, man. I mean, you're building momentum for real. And you actually just celebrated one year of being published um, with the book. You, You just celebrated your anniversary. Uh, people are loving the book. You still have people buying the book to this day. What is the lasting impression that stuck with you from any conversation that you've had with somebody about the book? What is one thing that really stood out to you that just kind of sat with you?
1: One thing that really sat with me was they would always say, Jerome, I had no idea. Mm. You know, they, they would always say, I had no idea. Who knew? Who knew that you had gone through that? You don't look like what you've been through, bro. <laughs> 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 like, like who, who knew? Like, who, who like, it, and it gave people the ability to say, I can do it too. I learned so much. I learned so much about the the, ten, the tenacity that you have to have. Right. It really elevated people's concept of what it means to really go after something, to really fail at most things and to understand, to really put into perspective what it means to fail, but also how you have to push through it and get to the other side of that failure. Right. And one of the things that resonated with me, not not only did I say. I, I, I wanted to only sell one book. That was my goal, to sell one book. I ended up to date selling a thousand plus copies of my book. Sheesh, a thousand plus copies. And just recently, I was awarded a book grant where a North Carolina book grant where they're going to buy my book for all of the high school students at Selective High School.
0: Oh yeah, we're gonna give a. I don't know if we have sound effects on this podcast. That might not yeah. come. We're gonna play a little something for you for that one.
1: <laughs> you know, so I I only went out there to change one life. I only went out there to tell my story to one person to see if if they were even willing to read it and listen. And I ended up selling it to a thousand plus people and getting a book grant, and it's still going. You know, people are inviting me to different speaking engagements to be a motivational speaker, to talk to their college students and high school students and mentor. So it's definitely stretched it. I'm adding more feathers to my wings. I'm having to stretch my wings farther than I thought I ever would. Um, And I find myself flying. I also find myself having to rest on a lot of occasions. but. Ultimately, it's never going to stop. It's a constant journey.
0: There are a lot of people who have like a favorite book, right? They have a book where they're like, oh, this is my go to book. This is my favorite book. I recommend it to all my friends. Uh, I brought it up in a reading uh, book club. Um, What type of emotional connection are you hoping that people make with this
1: book? I hope that people get an get an understanding. Okay. I really want people to get an understanding for um, the empathy. One thing that I always say is that uh, one of my favorite quotes is that everybody smiles in the same language. And so the understanding that I want people to get and gain is that it doesn't matter where you go in the world, it doesn't matter who you talk to, you have something in common with that person. And your stories are very unique. But the emotions are always going to be the same. Right. Right. You know, so I really I really the emotion that I want them to gravitate to is their own. I want them to create a level of empathy. I want them to dig up some of those things that they buried in order to not only put it behind them, but also learn and grow from it. Because that's much more important
0: what's next for Jerome Lee John?
1: My next thing is to make sure that my motorcycle dealership is successful. My next thing is to write another book. My next book, look for it because it's very important. It is going to be something based around entrepreneurship. I love it. But It's going to talk about the characteristics required and how to develop those characteristics.
0: That I, I love, needed, it. I love right? it i love it i love it
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, I absolutely love it jerome so where can they where can they find you where can they find the feathers of my wings and um and how can they connect man there's going to be people who listen to this podcast some of our travelers who are going to want to start start building a relationship with you and building building some type of rapport with you so how can they connect with you
1: uh, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Jerome L. John. Okay, It's my name and the L stands for Lee. I have three first names, but <laughs> you can find me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Jerome L. John. And I make myself available to any and everybody. If you ever want to talk to me, set up a meeting with me. Uh, send me any types of messages to get just to get clarity and understanding about your process and how you want to go about it and what steps to take. I'm not an expert, but I can give you what I got and I got a lot to give.
0: <laughs> hey, that's a t-shirt. We, <laughs> I can give you what I got and I got a lot to give. <laughs> um, what, about, what about the feathers of my wings? Where can they find it and and where can they get a copy? They want to check can, it out.
1: You can get it on all major platforms, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million. Um, if you just tell them the name of it, they can simply just order it and they can ship it directly to your house or you can pick it up at the store. It is also available on electronic copy in Kindle.
0: All right, and this is something that we uh, this is something that we do with all of our guests here on the Thousand Miles of Melanin podcast. Uh, We want you to just leave on one inspirational note for anybody who's made it to the end of this episode, and they're about to get started today with their today. They're getting started today! They listen to the podcast, they're inspired, and they're getting started today.
1: Okay, if you're getting started today. The one note that I want to leave you is use what you have to create what you want. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to have the fanciest equipment. If you have one camera and one mic, if you have the speaker, the headset that comes with your iPhone whenever you buy it, that's all you need. Right. If you if you don't have a computer, but you have an iPad, that's all you need. You use what you have to create what you want and everything else will grow from there.
0: Travelers, that was Jerome Lee John, the author, the mechanic, the graduate, the alpha, the hu- the son, I was about to call you the husband, the son, the uncle, um, and an all-around renaissance man and great man. Pick up his book, The Feathers of My Wings. It's on all major platforms jerome lee john you can find him on all social media platforms we want to thank you for being here on our podcast and being a guest
1: for the show we're so grateful to have you thanks for having me and make sure y'all get ready for these thousand miles but do it one step at a time
0: ladies and gentlemen that was the episode